Yo, what's good? Welcome to Counter Currents. It's your host, Petey Steele. And your co-host, Selena Torres. And today's guest, you know, this is our first episode in 2022. Shout out. Oh, shit. Is it right? It is, right? This is mm-hmm. our first episode of 2022. Uh, I know we're a little late to the game. This episode probably isn't going to come out till the end of January because it is the end of January. Uh, your girl had COVID. Petey got sick. Wasn't COVID. Uh, but we're back. Everybody's fine. And we came back with a guest who, listen, what can I say about this guest? This is someone that we've known for a long time. I've known this guy since I started comedy. Me too. He actually was one of the first comics on the first lineup I ever did in D.C. And I was cocky when I came to D.C. I figured that everybody would be bad at comedy because it's not an entertainment city. And then this guy came on stage and I was like, shit, I got worried. That's a true story that you didn't know, sir. And, uh, you know, most of the shows we produce, uh, I try to put him on all the shows that I produce. I think he's one of the funniest guys in D.C. Also, one of the nicest dudes in D.C. Please welcome the hilarious Simone. Yay. Thank Yay. you. Thanks for having me. And that was so nice. I didn't know that. Yeah, it's I true. I had no idea. I, yeah, think I remember the first time I met you, Simone. It was at the Blue Banana, and you got off stage. You hollered at my man's lady, and then you bummed one of my fucking uh, chicken wings. I was furious for a second. I was like, I've got to be better than this guy one day. You know, the, the funny thing is both, both of you, what you've experienced were different sides of me, different points in my life. Petey got me in the single a little bit more wild times. You met me, I think I was engaged, I think. Yeah, think. yeah, you were engaged, like had just, or were about to get engaged. Yeah, it was something, so so both of those experiences happened, and, but both are honest. I mean, that's, that's what happened, yeah. you know, we, we've, you know, I, I've known Petey for a while too, so I've seen- 10 years. Probably, yeah, I, I've known him for, you know, like an evolution, you know, uh, and, you know, when you came in, I actually think I remember- I think you had a group of girlfriends with you or did you, Elena, did you have a group of girls with you during your performance? I felt like you had a cheering section or maybe you're just- Yeah, yeah. The first, the first mic in DC I ever did, because I did some mics in New York. I would like go up to New York because I figured there wasn't comedy in DC Mm -hmm. when I started. Yeah. But uh, the first mic in DC that I did was at Wonderland. Yeah. Okay. Uh, And I did have- I, I did have a bringer spot and mm-hmm. it was mostly my husband's friends because I didn't have any friends in oh, got, uh, like a couple months before. Yeah. And so I did have a large cheering section. Uh, and you were, I think like, I think you were like first <laughs> in that lineup, something yeah. like that. And I remember your crowd work was really good. And you did a funny joke about people in the audience looking like, they worked at Warby Parker or something like that. <laughs> the irony is I'm wearing Warby Parker glasses right now. Are you really? Yeah. <laughs> so, so uh, damn, that's so crazy. Wow. Okay. Well, first, again, happy new year for the first uh, yeah. podcast of the year. And happy to be here. You guys are awesome. I enjoy both your comedy. I enjoy you as people. So usually those... Those things don't always intersect. So, they do not. so I'm they actually, do. it's pretty uh, fortunate because I've seen people, I love their comedy, but then I get to meet them and I'm like, whoa, 
Yeah, that's that's actually most people in comedy. Like I never some of the comics that I think are really funny, I don't want to ever meet because I'm sure yeah. they'll disappoint. Yeah, you know it's funny actually. This is for those who are watching. This is the Arlington Draft House. Arlington. Yeah, 60. you guys so, gotta come see us there. Exactly. So representing. Uh, some of my favorite times have been in that green room behind the curtain and getting to talk to the, the, the comics. Like I've opened up for Eliza Schlesinger, Pete Davidson, David Allen Greer, uh, Fortune Beamster in here. And no way. yeah, uh, Michelle Wolf also. Uh, so basically I'm good for other comics to launching their TV careers or... <laughs> I've, that was actually my uh, selling point for headliners was these are the people I've opened for. This is how their careers are going. I bring you luck. <laughs> yeah, you're like, good luck, Chuck. Did you ever so see I'm that good. movie? That's terrible, by the oh, way. But is that, is, who, who, is that what's his Dane name? Cook. Dane Cook, that's it. That's it's it. a terrible movie, but the whole premise of the movie is that, uh, shout out to Dane Cook. Anyway, uh, but the yeah. whole premise of the movie is that he sleeps with a woman and then the next guy she meets is her husband. But you know, I think <laughs> I've seen that. And the thing is, um, I think comedically that, that is what, how it works for me. Comedically <laughs> speaking. Not, not actually the, the sexual version, but I did see that. And uh, my God, it's, it's crazy. But cause, cause um, I was talking to somebody about Pete Davidson. Cause you know, Pete Davidson's out there doing his thing. Dating Kim Kardashian doing his thing. Like literally, like, and everyone always asks, like, what's it about him? And you could tell us from your perspective as, you know, the woman, like, what's your, what do you think? Uh, Pete, I'm sure you have your opinions too, but, but uh, I can tell you from my experience in that green room, he's actually a nice guy. Um, maybe I yeah. got him right. Maybe I got him at the right time. This is early, right when he was like getting big, big. I think he was dating Ariana at the time. I think Ariana Grande. And he was like, I'm just going to stay in. I don't want to go out. Of course, he asked me all the Pete Davidson type questions. Yo, uh, can we smoke here? Uh, mm. You know, it's Arlington, not quite DC. Uh, you know, where's the bat? Like that kind of basic stuff. But then, you know, you just kind of talk. That's my favorite thing. Talking in the green room, getting to know people. Yeah, That's like my favorite thing. And then, like you said, just figuring out, oh, this person's either cool or not cool or something. Yeah. Yeah, kind of like, well, we, well, that's what this podcast is, basically. Mm -hmm. Yeah, this is. Yeah. Talking to a lot of those people. And like, a lot of what you say, you know, the people you've opened for a draft house, like we've had people on those podcasts that have been nominated for Oscars. We've yeah. had a Golden Globe winner on here now. Nice, nice. We've had all kinds of, I mean, we have a lot of people who, are, who will never come back to Arlington because they're doing theaters now, a lot. <laughs> yeah. 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 We're not going to have repeat guests because they, uh, they outgrew us, as it were. But I know, I know that feeling, and I will answer the Pete Davidson question. But I want to ask Petey, what do you think of Pete Davidson before I answer? Because I want both like of your answers first. Mm -hmm. You know, I think he's a nice guy. I don't have any beef with him. Um, I don't know his comedy that well, or stay attuned to stuff that's that mainstream generally, because I'm kind of a nebbish about shit like that. But um, <laughs> I, you know. For all the people out there that are famous that somehow, like, you know, managed to penetrate my stratosphere of attention, <laughs> um, he pisses me off the least. 
That's the best compliment you can get. He pisses me off the least. Yeah. That's honest. Love it. That's I, my opinion. I get it. I get the Pete Davidson thing. Like I, he's when he's one of those guys that like when he talks, it's funny. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, that's true. And that's attractive. And he's tall enough. Mm-hmm. Height's important. Like he's tall enough. He has a nice. He you know he seems conf- He's confident in all of his shortcomings and not. Hashtag heightist. Yeah, yeah, I am a heightist. You're a heightist. <laughs> there's like Is that a thing. Fight. There's a what? Well, there's. Well, watch after this podcast. It'd be a thing. All the, there's going to be. There's going to be some. All the shortists are going to come after me. There's going to be some short. King, there's going to be some short kings. Like, come on, what's up with that? You know, you know. Well, being tall, gonna... being a tall girl is tough. It's tough out here. Yeah. How, yeah, what's the cutoff for what makes a girl about? tall? Like 5'9", 5'10"? Five, 5'10", five, ten, five, ten, like, I think. It's, it's like me. I'm 5'8", and I've always been considered tall. Also, like, I, I'm i extra sensitive about it sometimes because what I was on telenovelas, is the, like, main shit talking that people on Twitter would do about me would be they would call me a, gir- a giraffe. <laughs> <laughs> they call me a which is, like, extra large giraffe all the time because on camera I look very tall compared to and actors tend to be male and female tend to be like little sure yeah films better so Mm -hmm. on camera I just look huge and then they would like put me in heels and I would just look huge and everyone on Twitter would talk shit like this is giraffe bitch (laughs) I'm surprised they didn't put like books underneath people or like some sort of like service to like kind of level it out i got an actor an actor got really pissed off because they offered him a box and they and he just said it was my fault because i had high heels on and then i was standing on a hill we're doing outdoor it was a whole drama we were doing an outdoor scene and i had to change my shoes it was like a whole thing you didn't do you didn't do like the hunch over thing like i offered to i offered to like i'll like i was like i could squat like (laughs) so yeah Wow. So yeah, that's my height. I'm a victim too. You're a victim. Too. That's a good save. That's a good save. You're a victim too. I got you. For all the people out there judging me. <laughs> so someone you have you have a special out, right? Oh yeah. I'm excited about this. Uh I have a special streaming as of tomorrow. Well, as of excuse me, uh the 27th on all the platforms, iTunes, Spotify, Title. TikTok, YouTube, I just put it out there, just kind of, you know, putting out the DMV comedy experience for everybody outside of our area, and also the perspective of a child, you know, a child of immigrants uh, from this area, so I put it all out there, I talk about selling out on the wire, or potentially on the wire, I talk about my favorite- Where do guns be at? Exactly, I talk about, I talk about um, my favorite DC slang, I talk about gentrification and then I do some, you know, typical stuff. You, you guys are familiar enough, but for the, your audience, you know, like just some icebreakers, I get weird a little bit. And, and then I throw in some, some stuff I've never talked about and just put it out there. Just, that was my goal to do it last year, but it got pushed back because of editing. So since I was uh, at home, physically uh not on stage uh it was i just like man let's do some editing get it out there so you edited it yourself 
Uh, I, I had a sound person I worked with who worked with other comedians. So if you ever want, so if you guys want to work with this person, I highly recommend it. Uh, looking forward to the sound quality, seeing how it goes, because he put out some good stuff for other people. He worked with uh, Danny Ruye. Uh, he worked with uh, uh, some other folks. I, it's, it's, I'm blanking on, on the name, but otherwise uh, highly referred and man, it's worth it. It's worth it. Wow. Excited, wow. Very excited. When did you shoot it? Well, actually, uh, various corporate events and club events across the DMV put it together and then just organize and edit it. So it was, oh, okay. over, it was over the course of last year and uh, really just got the, the pieces that worked. Mm -hmm. And I wanted to get a good representation of what's DC, DC, Maryland and Virginia, putting it all together and just putting it out. Oh, that's awesome. So you, so you shot it post pandemic. Yeah, yeah, oh yeah, oh yeah. So it was in the pandemic era. I do say some pandemic stuff uh, you know, just because we're living it, you have to, you have to talk about it. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I, I think it's going to be a good thing to come back to and say, Hey, this is how, hopefully how we dealt with it past tense at some point, but mm -hmm. right now it's still relevant. Right. Right. That's awesome. Mm -hmm. that you so where did you go in these areas? So I had uh, a couple, uh, so I did corporate events like, uh, a winery. I did one at a country club. I did one in a comedy club that I can't mention. And uh, so, <laughs> so, uh, and a, a, a basement show more or less. So I got different types of shows in different parts of the, the area or area. Uh, so I just wanted to really represent the variety and diversity of like the different types of audiences. And you'll hear the difference uh, for those who, who pick it up, which I highly recommend post 27, uh, January 27th on iTunes or Spotify, Simone Comedy, Delightfully Ethnic. Uh, uh, that's uh, something that is gonna be relevant once you, you hear the, uh, the tracks. So again, uh, I think it'll be fun. It's a fun thing. You can listen in the background, you can work out to it. You can, you know, uh, make passionate love listening to it if you like. Uh, how I look like uh, anorexic Dwayne Rock Johnson. If that's what turns you on, listen to it in the background. Uh, how, whatever works for you, uh, I think it'll be fun. Yeah. Good for you, Simone. That's and you've been doing comedy in DC how long? Uh, at least. Well, I I don't know. Should we count the the pandemic years? I almost feel like. <laughs> well, I say. If like I give a number pre or pre and post pandemic, I like say this how many with pandemic, this how many without. Okay, with pandemic, I guess eleven. So okay. so minus the pandemic, nine maybe it depends. Uh, yeah, that's right. It's about right, right? Because I'd be, you know, eight if I minus the pandemic. I haven't gotten to that caveat yet, but I'd be ten years otherwise. So yeah. but you guys started around the same time. Yeah, we did actually. Yeah. That's so the reason why when PD was saying the blue banana, that's basically saying the same time frame. The right. RFD in Chinatown, uh, the the whole, and also I just come actually. I uh, had I finished graduate school. I just broken up with uh, some girls, so it's like a big thing. You know, a lot of times people start comedy uh, because it was like a dare or some kind of big thing happened to them. Maybe. 
Uh, yeah. Somebody, somebody died or you're like, you know what? Life's too short. Let's just do it. Yes. So for me, it was like a serious relationship didn't work out, which is fine. Uh, uh, and I was like, let's just try it. And I did uh, the uh, a class, uh, a comedy class. And, and I was like, you know what? As part of that, you're supposed to like go to like open mics in the city. And uh, I, I was like, man, this is so fun. Even though I was bombing a lot, uh, I was bombing, except for this place called RFD uh, in Chinatown, where I was like, man, these guys really get me. And it was just, I don't even know what I was saying, but it was working. And that like high carried me through the bombs. And then of course I got better and better over time, but that's just through many, many reps. And with Petey, <laughs> we were starting around the same time. So it was, it was a raw, raw time, raw time for sure. Yeah, it was a lot more organic back then. And there was one mic a night, practically, that everybody was fighting. If there were ever two on a night, you know, if a new one popped up, holy shit, it was like people had struck gold, you know? And they're running this way and that, trying to get on stage. Three minutes, please, please, you know? Yeah. And now it's just seems so regimented like emails were kind of a rare thing to get on a mic you know and yeah. forget about a bump list except at arlington um there wasn't really like a hierarchy other than like tony woods coming to your place yeah. otherwise it was kind of first come first service the the bookers here as you know they they were tough but they actually it's like a high school basketball tryouts you know you would put your name on the list and they would look and, you know, they would know the, the known players like, OK, this is the, the kind of the people who are good, the newbies. And then they would give a couple of new names a shot, you know. Uh, but, you know, a lot of times people would get cut and there were people who get really frustrated. Feelings were hurt. Like <laughs> Pete knows this and you know this, too, that when you were like a host, you would say like you would basically come out with the list in your hand and you'd be like one of those old timey remember like the old timey people who were like hear ye hear ye yeah. like the town crier exactly you pull out like the scroll the yeah. list and then <laughs> yeah I've been and then there you, yeah you would, and then you would mispronounce half of the people's names yeah and then as the and then people would like listen to it <gasps> do they say my name someone someone's always missing that did someone say my name did someone say my name and then and then they were like nope Yep. Nobody said your name, honey. <laughs> I'm sorry. And it was, you know, some people got it and just moved on to the next thing. Some people stayed around and complained. They were like, I got bumped three times. This is, mm, mm, mm. and then you would talk to the bookers and they would, they would say, this is the thing. And, and, and that, this would be the place to like, really, if you had your stuff together, a, a solid three minutes, four minutes, you, you had a chance to at least do it. In the I didn't even go until I was two years in. I remember because um, I learned about what the system was and I just said, they don't know me. I got to make sure it's down pat before I even Good fuck around. And then one night I was at the big hunt when the big hunt was in its infancy and I killed and Randolph was following me and he walked by and said, good set. And I was like, okay, knows who the fuck I am now. I'm going to make an appearance. And then I went up that following weekend and they 
put me dead last, but I did good. And the next week yep. I was a little higher and so on and so forth. But yeah, yeah. It, mm-hmm. there were times like, you know, maybe like three weeks at a time where I'd get bumped and I'd be like, what the fuck's going on? I thought yeah. I was in, you know what I mean? But then you'd have to like step some stuff up or you'd ask them directly and you learn how to ask and how to talk to like talent bookers, you know, mm-hmm. about what should I do? And they were always told me the answer and it took me mm. some time to get it sometime it wouldn't work but yeah. over time i i can say it made me a better comic and it's a true meritocracy frankly i mean there really weren't politics with it like i saw them yeah. i got to know them all on a personal level and i saw people who i knew they personally did not like get up because they were good you know that's true. So, that's true. That's yeah. absolutely. That's absolutely true. Yeah, that whole process was one of the only things in comedy that's felt very fair mm-hmm. yeah. to me since I started. Because when I started the the draft house open mic was still in Arlington. It was still mm-hmm. in the front room, mm-hmm. and yeah, I would go the green and sign room. up. Yeah, yeah. There you go. And I can near get where there. Simone's background is right now, and I would go and I would sign up, and they bought me. And I would get on sometimes and then I would get bumped and it would like depend. And I was always in the back. And then over time, it was like slowly my spot started to move, mm-hmm. you know, and I would get to know Randolph and Andy were the bookers. And say it like Petey said, like they would always give me the right advice. It felt fair. You know, they would always give me the right advice. Like Petey said, you learn how to talk to people. You learn kind of what you have to do in comedy in general to keep getting better and better. And then suddenly I would get better spots. Then I started hosting a lot. Yeah, and I would say like the true. hosting of that mm-hmm. mic really taught me to be a better comic. Like hosting a late night mic, you really learn. Like not just, and not just, you know, how to work with crowds. And like you learn how to introduce 16 people. You learn everybody's name. And you see at that mic, you'd get everybody from the headliner. Yeah. From Arlington who was in town. Yeah. Or the headliner from DC Drafthouse. Right there, you, you know, you get or headliners from other spaces around town to like people who've been doing comedy for like three months. Yep. So you really, I think those, the hosting of that room to me was probably like the biggest learning experience of my comedy career. And then you go from that to, to hosting and opening for headliners. And I feel like that traje- trajectory has been to me, it's shown me like how much of a better comic I've become. And it's, and it's felt fair. Whereas a lot of other places, sometimes even in a good way, you're like, I feel like I got rushed to do the spot that I'm not ready for, or they take mm-hmm. too long yeah. things are political. And one thing I'll say for this great place that we do the podcast for is that it's been really fair. I don't know how you guys feel about it. Yeah, hundred percent. I'm down. I totally. I I think it's completely fair. Uh, the guests actually, I've I've I'm a fan, and I've listened to the podcast and they've got me pumped. Uh, it's, it always gets me pumped and uh, it's just it's just a matter of hey man I was like looking for a, the right time and so appreciate you guys making time for me here today it's fun oh, it's good. Sure. anytime absolutely so hey tell us uh, who called you delightfully ethnic <laughs> yeah so it's kind of um, it's uh, one of the jokes I talk about is uh I'm trying not to give it away, but still give you a sense of it. Sure. Is, you know, um, so my wife works in art. I'm surprised I'm married to a woman also. And uh, so 
she 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 brought she you know she works in art and I go to these fancy art places, legit millionaires and billionaires at some point places. So you know I'm usually if not one of the few I'm like usually the one of the only black faces in a white place, and 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 so you know you have interesting interactions with that. People are like, oh, so are you uh, are you Simone the comedian? And then of course from there. I'm like taking mental notes, notes on like something's happening here. I got to make mental note because this is going to be fun. And between that, like circumstances like that. Uh, and then just also just from a theme perspective, I think it doesn't, it's not necessarily like explicitly said, but I think just having a first generation American experience, you kind of always feel like you're always straddling different worlds. And, you know, hey, I think I'm delightful. I'm ethnic. Bam. There you go. So, I mean, that's pretty much it. It's nothing, it's nothing too hard about it. And that's the thing, too, just having fun with it, you know, having fun with the idea. What is ethnic? You know, what is American? You know, I don't like necessarily kind of be preachy about it, but it's, it's kind of in there in each of my kind of bits. So I, I think that's a good theme. But there is one particular story that kind of touches on it and, and and that's the setting that you'll hear so it's it's oh, me, i can't wait it's me going to an art gallery and uh, uh somebody in boat shoes no socks because for some reason rich people don't wear socks and it comes up to me and and, and we have an interesting conversation yeah, rich people are disgusting <laughs> i mean it's so fashion strange. wise and you know hygienically they're just fucking gross i think it's a mark of it to be honest it's it's uh it's you know look we all have different resources by the way you know hey if uh anybody here has boat shoes and they want to hire me for a corporate event feel free uh, so and also yeah, I can't work corporate events. sorry guys exactly <laughs> and if you also want to uh you know do a, a grassroots fundraiser i love those too i've emceed weddings I've em unfortunately emceed. I should uh, see that. Yes, weddings, <laughs> and I've also emceed uh, unfortunately funerals. Uh, believe it or not. Wait, really? Yeah, un unfortunately, or actually, fortunately, sometimes the same similar vibe. Believe it or not. Uh, <laughs> uh, wait, hold it's on. Perfect. Did you emcee a funeral? Was it of someone you knew, or did somebody actually like hire you to emcee? No, it's it's someone I I it was my unfortunately uncle, one of my uncles, okay. and, and uh, somebody actually through that kind of wanted me to do something else because some funerals you know and, and i think some oh, the funeral got you other gigs unfortunately yes just <laughs> i believe me this wasn't something that this is one of those things that people have found me i don't i don't believe i'm not seeking this out this is not something that this is where comedy takes you on like weird places i've been in i've done Wait. i've done i've done a burlesque shows where i was at mc i did ha-ha's and tata -ta show uh, you know, whatever. Uh, it, but it's on the wedding side, so much pressure. Think about it this way. When you have like those uh, culture, like kind of like uh, multicultural uh, weddings and you have these names, you have to get it right. You can't mess up. I, I was at a Greek Chinese uh, uh, wedding for the first time, Mr. Oh my God. <laughs> oh my God. And you got to say it right. Greek names are crazy. Stephanopoulos, you know, like, and you got to hit it because, you know, they pay you. So you, you sure. can't mess up. 
And then of course you see the emotion. And then for the funeral, you gotta be, you have to come at the right level. You can't. Yeah, that's what I So do you do jokes when you see a funeral? Or are you doing crowd work? Like Dude, if you kill at a funeral, you got to put that on your resume. You're so, going to get hired everywhere. So, because, yeah, it's probably because you just roast somebody for crying too hard or not hard enough. Like, how does so, that? Because some people have explicitly said, when I die, make it a fun event. So, and then, yes. and then, but others, of course, more traditional. But you have to be like, ask, you have to ask a lot of questions. When you host, you have to ask a lot of questions up front. But no matter what, you don't know 100% until you get there. That's the thing. No matter what, you'll never be enough. You never be prepared enough. You have to be able to go with whatever the vibe is. I'll tell you that right now. I'm assuming it's probably pretty important that you know the cause of death. Well, yes. Uh, and you just, because what you do is you just follow right. the, you just follow the, uh -huh. agenda. you just say follow the agenda. Like this is so-and-so, uh, Mr. or Mrs. so-and-so. And then he or she will speak. And then you just go ahead and you're like, okay. And then you have like the organ person. Uh, and then you have, you're just literally walking through the steps, but you can't Steve Harvey it when it comes to like messing up the name. You can't mess it up. By the way, I think he did that intentionally for marketing purposes, which makes him a genius. When he messed up that um, Miss Nigeria or whatever, Miss World, Miss Universe. Miss Universe. Universe. Yeah. He did that. I think he's a smart businessman, and that's why he has eight thousand jobs. Wow, so, yeah. hot take on Steve Harvey. That is my take. Your first. I'm a bald dude. I'm into the bald guy conspiracies. Okay. Yeah, I agree. They expect yeah. like dumb shit from Steve Harvey's mouth all the time, and it just keeps him in the fucking uh stratosphere that's, you know do you want to see everything go perfectly who wants to see that you want to see a flop no. you think you think miley cyrus right cyrus lost her top in new year's on accident Was no i think on. janet and justin plotted that shit too so so and the maid fucked arnold i mean the whole point is so this is where <laughs> this is manufactured but here but getting back to the funeral stuff, that is hard. You have to hit the note at the right yeah. level. You, you can't come in hot. Like, y'all yeah. ready for a funeral? You can't do that. You cannot do that. Yeah. So you got, you got to be like. Who's freaking tonight? Are you <laughs> <laughs> actually, a lot of people. And, and you, you know what? It actually was a good reference. This is, this is, where, this is uh, where comedy reality happens. Remember, uh, what was it? Wedding Crashers? Remember the Will Ferrell character? Remember how like he was saying like, "Nah, man, you know what the real funerals." Yeah. Funerals? yeah. Look, you know, I'm married, so it doesn't apply to me. But I totally get it. I I totally get. It. You're so emotionally charged, and it's nuts. I I have seen people <sighs> hit on each other at funerals, and it happens wow. in all age ranges, old people to like young people. So, wow. whatever you heard. It, it's uh, it's it's been an experience it's a while it'll moment. make you reevaluate your life you know actually it does and this is one of those things where with the pandemic and everything you just like whatever you choose to do just make sure you enjoy it because you never know right so that's yeah. why I, that's why i really value my time i really value the people i'm around like you guys uh so if it ain't there don't worry about it just prioritize what makes you happy what's good for you what's good for your people that you love and care about. So, I, I mean, I think that's the takeaway from 
my experience at both wedding, weddings and funerals, as well as the pandemic. Yeah, it's a transition. So you got to fuck someone new, you know? <laughs> well, <laughs> something like that. Very good. But so how does, how, how's like your approach to comedy change? Because you've been, been in comedy during, like you said, like very different phases of your life, right? Like mm-hmm. you were like the single guy, like fresh out of a relationship, mm-hmm. single dude versus then engaged you, then married you, now, now, now I got a kid. Father. Yeah. Like you did the full, I don't know. I never, I've only done like the second half of that in comedy. Like what's it been like the whole. Oh my gosh. You know, how's it changed? well, Petey could probably tell you that single Simone versus married Simone, probably a little different. Uh, oh yeah. Really? I, I was. Like saying, I, can't, I can't imagine. I've just always known you as not single. So I can't imagine. Yeah. It's, it's probably better that way. Honestly, it's better for everybody. I, I don't want to be that guy right now. For me, again, everyone everyone wears our our phases differently. Uh, right. Uh, people are really good single. I know a lot of sing. I have single friends who are killing it, and I know married guys who are not so much. Uh, so, for me as a single guy, I came at it like it's a party. I approach comedy as a party. It's 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 a party with a side of comedy. And, and now when you have a relationship or even, even like before being married with a kid, you have to say to your partner, I'm going to comedy. So it has to be very focused. Why are you going to comedy for some sort of goal? And I, I, I have to be able to articulate. So then I have to articulate to myself, like, why am I going? What am I trying to do here? So then when you come with that kind of like um, planning, which for me is important because if I don't have like an idea of what I'm working towards, I'm, cr- I'm too crazy. I, I have, my energy can be misplaced. Mm. So I need to focus it. So that's why I think the, the approach has changed. I'm more focused for sure. Just because we have, we have so many more things to take care of. I have more responsibilities. Right. So, so there, I mean, that's just what it comes down. Where it is is single. All I had to care about was getting home. And, and I wasn't good at that necessarily. So yeah. So, you know, it's, it's, somebody has to be, I have to be accountable to somebody, you know, like yeah. you, have work, you have a workout buddy, you, you gotta be, when you're accountable yeah. to somebody, you, you just, you're, you're better. You meet, you reach your goals. Uh, sure. Do you think you're a better comic for that approach? Yeah, I think so. I think so. Because now I'm not as, believe me, I, I enjoy every phase of the comedy, even if it's bad, even if I bomb, so what, uh, it's all learning and, and uh, you right. know, you just do it again and you get better. Uh, so I think uh, with, with, but I think it was good to, to have the experience too, of being single too. Uh, uh, let's see here. Let's see. How much can I tell you here? Uh, you know, <laughs> I, I, I got to at least understand what it means to do, have a good set and uh, get a kind of attention that I wouldn't have gotten had I not gone up in front of people and said, oh, so I t- basically, let's say if I did well in front of a room full of people, including women, sometimes you never know. I could that, get- that is something that only happens to male comedians, I've noticed. Hashtag Pete Davidson. When with female comics, like yeah. you could look bang and crush. Yep. But dudes are like, nah. It's like, it's like not, it doesn't like the more the people, and if they do, it's like a, it's like a creepier energy. 
And I won't get into like who does it because there's a lot of creeping that goes on when you're a female comic, but not in yeah. this way where yeah. I see with the dudes, you know, with you, like with the dudes, there's like a line of girls who are like, oh my God, I totally respect your jokes. I think you're such a brilliant artist. Like, that's <laughs> not the vibe that we get. <laughs> I want to hear what Petey's uh, thing is, but I, I, Elena, I, this is this is uh, the 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 theme I've heard many many times, and I respect that. Uh, but uh, Petey, what's your what's your take on that? I'm curious. Well, what specifically? Uh, well, like um, when you're out there and you do well, do you get a certain kind of attention that you don't see your uh, uh, comedians, uh, your female co- counterparts experience? Because you know we've all we've been fortunate to have some some good sets. And we get certain types of attention. And like Elena was saying, you know, she can get creepy, but, you know, she doesn't get like, hey, you want to, I love that set. You want to, you know, whereas uh, Petey, you tell me your experience. Yeah. I mean, here's the thing. I don't know about the audience, what they say when they see like a female comic crush or whatever, other than like, that was great. But I do know that like amongst, male comics yeah there's some creepsters but then there's also like a lot of guys that are just really awkward and don't know how to talk to women these other comics you know there's a lot of things reasons they got into comedy that prevent them from even approaching somebody like well see i disagree with this point my point is more like the audience doesn't do that not to make it weird, but like most of the creeping that happens when you're a female comic comes from male comics, not for necessarily from audience members, ah. like the men of comedy. You know what I mean? Like most of it, obviously, no one here. But like, yeah. oh, pound like for pound, stuff, I agree. Yeah, yeah. Like most of like the weird stuff that happens, yeah, happens from people you work with, not so much from like yeah. audience members. Like what I see with male comics is like women in the audience, like creaming their jeans. Because they told a good joke. And like for women, if a dude, if a dude like comes up to from the audience was like, you were so funny, he's usually like very drunk and like the energy is not good. It's like a little yeah. weird. Mm-hmm. And it's been like less and less, and I think less and less dudes from the audience come up as I get funnier. I don't know if that <laughs> there's hmm. there's because you're you're already attractive and then you're you're funny and guys leverage funny to to get dates right so if you so if you're both well, but you're groomed like, too you're not like filthy like a lot like there's some hot comics that are funny that just don't know how to dress or their hair's a muck or whatever or they're talking all these like i'm a whore jokes rah 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 but you're like oh i'm i just gave birth i like Fair you enough. know my <laughs> husband all that so Fair enough. Fair enough. You know. but i think that's a theme in general fair enough that's true but I think a theme in general is like women like male comics. That's what I've noticed being at comedy shows all the time. Like to Simone's point, like I could totally see that because I have seen, I've seen girls like really group it up. Yep, yep. And, and it's there. Uh, not for nothing. I actually met my wife at a comedy show. So. Did you really? Yeah. Yeah. Wait, how did that go down? Did she go up to you? Did you go up to her? How did that? So I was hosting at a show at a club uh, over a weekend. And uh, you know, like you have your first show and then your second show after the first show, uh, they do like a meet and greet with the headliner, you know, just like you do the line, the pictures. 
And I was like talking. And I think during my set, I called out the girls. I'd like, you know, I was doing some crowd work and just, you know, teasing the, the girl, the girl table. And, uh, and then that girl table came up within that girl table was now my wife isn't that my wife. Uh, and, and uh, she, they were all like, Oh, you did so great. Oh, you're funny. Just like you were saying, uh, I don't know what's happening in the pants. Of course, you know, that, that is, you know, very, we'll have to figure that out. Uh, but, but, uh, you know, I, I was talking to all of them. I just, in this grand scheme of things, it, they were all attractive. And I was just being casual. And then one of them invited me to a party. It wasn't even my now wife. It was her friend. And then at that party, which I almost didn't go to, uh, I started talking to uh, my wife, Lindsay. And I was like, yeah, she's really, we had like a cool conversation. And the thing is, it was like a party was like a house party. So it wasn't like it was chill. I was next to the chips. Okay. <laughs> you know, I, I was eating and then I was talking to her and it was very no low pressure. It was very yeah. chill. And I think that's the environment that I thrive because next to the chips <laughs> next. If I, if there are chips next to me. Yeah. Uh, yeah. No, no, but I, I was just, just relaxed and, and not putting on a show. And I think with actually putting on a show and not putting on a show, I think that was like interesting. And then we started hanging out and then here we are. So, so it actually worked out on the positive side, but I've also, uh, I have experiences when I would be matched up on like, you know, dating websites and I would bring them to a comedy show. They didn't like my comedy, but they liked my non-comedy per- person, like uh, personality. And then I, I met someone at work and I brought, uh, and they liked uh, my comedy, but didn't like my work personality. So my my wife was the only person that liked both my comedy and my offstage personality. Because right. that you know when you're performing, you're there's a heightened version of yourself. They, well, it's a character. Yeah, in a yeah lot you're, you're kind of like even if you just even if it's you, you're just turning up the volume a little bit. Yeah. So so, but there were people who just weren't into the different sides of you. Right. So, yeah. So there were there was the side that PD saw me taking your chips at, at one phase, and Elena being you know, hey, Simone's kind of funny. We'll see what happens. Uh, he seems nice. Uh, that we all have different sides of us, and I think uh, uh, Lindsay was probably the only person that liked both. Right. Right. Well, good thing you married her. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Locked yeah. It down. Yeah. I mean, hey. Uh, it's all about connection and you work at it, man. And now it's all about communication, communication. It's all about communication. It's all, especially after you have a kid, it's a lot of like talks. Oh my God. Not arguments, not arguments. Like, uh, well, look, I'll tell you, it's okay. We have arguments. We have well, arguments. Yeah. But I, mean, I mean, they come with the territory, but I'm, we're still working. It's just, I, um, God, I wish I knew the numbers offhand, but I read somewhere that the amount of words women use in a single day versus men, <laughs> I think it's communication style and amount. I think this is, well, we'll go there one day, but we don't have time on this pod right now for that. That's a big topic that I, we just can't even, but, but, yeah. but uh, we, in a pandemic, there's a lot to talk about and we can't go where anywhere. So there's a lot to talk about. Yeah. 
Yeah, communication is key. And especially like it takes a lot to, you know, you, like you have a family, you do comedy, like you, it takes a very understanding partner. That's true. That's to true. be able to do that. Oh, uh, that's true. That's very true. <laughs> like, uh, yeah. <laughs> Dr. Uh, Ibert. Um, what you would call it though? How how many years you've been married? Because I feel like it's been six or something. Damn, you're good, Petey. That's right. It's gonna be six in August. Wow. Yeah. So it's it's been a minute. It's been a minute. Man, that's really good. Yeah, I remember meeting her, thinking, "Wow, she's great." I hope he like doesn't screw this one up. <laughs> that's true, because I've messed up others. I've messed up others for sure. Yeah, your basically your marriage is the time that I've lived here and start a comedy because well there you go there you go right yep mm -hmm. yep yep we did it yeah. uh, uh fortunately during the obama last year so that was yeah. the we wanted to make sure we got well it wasn't because of that but it worked out and then of course you know uh 45 came in office and, and changed a little bit and then now we're in 46 and we'll see what happens <laughs> yeah we got we had uh we got married during trump and somebody as a gift gave us because i guess you can give us like a, a puzzle as a wedding gift. And it's a puzzle of the New York times front page on the, on the date of your event. And the puzzle was just like some terrible Trump headline. Cause especially cause we got married in March, 2017, which is like, ah. it was pretty new. So it was like every day. Oh yeah. So we got this puzzle and it's like, it's a, cool thoughtful idea but like we're not gonna do this puzzle and frame it like that's just sad oh and like all the memorabilia from like that day like march 25th 20th it's all oh angry trump stuff but we had a happy day anyway and we got married in mexico and he wasn't the president of there okay you totally went to the wrong country yeah <laughs> wrong Blonde woman got lost in Mexico. I can see the headlines. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, and, you know, and I, I definitely, it's, uh, that's one of the, the tracks that I cover is uh, me accidentally hitting on uh, Ivanka Trump back in the day. So not knowing it was her, uh, this is pre, um, you know, I guess politics. I was there for like a school in New York and I was doing an internship in Midtown. It on some tall, tall blonde lady and there you go. You can't, I mean, you, how, no matter how you feel about it, it's not like you didn't have taste, you know, she's cute. Hey, I, I, yeah, you know, uh, this you is know, the world is small, man. The world is small, you never know, true. you never know. It's true. So what do you have coming up, Simone, that you want to tell the people about? Sure. I'm, I'm hosting a show. I'm hosting a lot. Hosting at uh, Tally Ho Theater on the uh, February 4th. I got some corporate gigs uh, in terms of like kind of like clubs. I think I'm doing a lot of corporate. So just follow me uh, at Simone underscore comedy on IG, on Twitter. Uh, uh, my website is leftistpanda.com for my uh, comedy website, but definitely check me out on the streaming platforms. Delightfully ethnic. By the way, this is my seatbelts. Uh, this is my uh, motion there. Uh, but yeah, find me on the, the streaming services, Simone Comedy. Delightfully ethnic. You will be delighted, hopefully. Have some fun. 
And yeah, if you want to book me for a special occasion of any type. Any kind, you guys. <laughs> any kind. Any kind. Uh, yeah, it seems like it. So you let me know. Happy to help. Uh, clean, always, domestic, always yeah. ethnic, dead. <laughs> Yeah, so that works clean. So we won't do any dirty jokes at your funeral. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I, I've been invited to do a roast too, so I can go there if we need to. But uh, you tell me, we'll figure it out. Fantastic. Well, we want to thank Simone for coming on. Uh, PD, anything you want to promote? I got nothing except our show tomorrow, which will be long done by the time. Right. It includes uh, Simone. Hey. That's right. Way. I was going to say, I'm on that show. Yeah. Shout out to uh, Joey Duffield, TJ Ferguson, and Denise Taylor. I'm sure they're going yeah, to Yeah, we have a hot lineup. Uh, it's going to be a hot show. We're super excited. Um, if you guys want to see me, I'm going to unapologetically look, uh, which makes me really likable. But uh, I'll be at the Grizzly Pair in New York the whole weekend of February 5th, February 5th and 6th. I'll be doing a bunch of shows there. And uh, that's like the only thing that's coming up really close to this episode. But uh, we want to thank you guys for coming on. Uh, thank you again to Simone. And, you know, check out ArlingtonDraftHouse.com to see more dates for our show, for other shows. With great headliners, and that's it. Right? Yeah, guys. Very good. A pleasure. Bye, see you soon. All take, right. Take Peace care. out.